time to reap what you sowed, motherfucker. And by that, I mean it's time for you to tell us how terrible or enjoyable, probably terrible it was to watch these three fucking YouTube movies. Not movies that are on YouTube, like that are illegally there, but I'm talking about the low-quality YouTube product of, like, Logan Paul and some other smosh dudes and another douchebag that made these movies because they have millions and millions of subscribers, but, as far as we can tell, no discernible talent. That's right. It's time for Kier to tell us about his experience because he sucks at picking young Hollywood film directors of watching YouTube videos. It really upsets me that you call it young Hollywood rather than new Hollywood and you're the winner. Oh, that's what I meant. God damn it. New Hollywood, god damn it. Hey, welcome to I Dig This Movie. I'm Keir Seward, an independent filmmaker and photographer, as well as a guy who's fucking tired and can't come up with a fucking thing to say. I'm fucking tired. Of, I'm fucking, I'm fucking tired, Austin. That's, I got my coffee. It's like, it's like 1045 at night. Yeah, I've been working for like hours and fucking hours and just come right, 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 right here. So I'm at breaking point now, man. I, don't, don't touch me. Sometimes you gotta air grievances, dude, but we still push through, you know? I'm Austin Hayden-Smith, philosopher, actor, writer, producer, etc., etc., etc. And I'm tired, too, but I'm not on the emotional edge like Kier is, and I have a feeling that this episode might just push him to the brink. Okay, so, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, this is the punishment episode where, uh, for losing, uh, the new Hollywood versus series, I had to the watch... young Hollywood, Kier, come on, get it right. I had to, I had to watch three movies by made or starring YouTubers, basically vehicles for YouTubers. If you don't know, YouTube is an online search, you know, uh, service which uh, provides streaming video for people's entertainment. Um, anyway, so like obviously over the last uh, decade, there has been a boom of people who have become famous by making videos on in their rooms and kind of becoming lo-fi sort of celebrities. Um, and that's what that's what the kids are watching yeah. these days. They're Nicole watching- Arbor, Jenna Sparkle, Logan Paul. Etc. To watch into watch into YouTubers. They don't care about like the celebrities anymore. These are the celebrities. These are this is what the young people care about, Austin. But you and me, we're not young, so we just we don't know about these things. I literally had a dude on the internet tell me that I was too old to understand the current political and cultural climate. That's because that's like I'm too old to understand the internet. Well, you you know, you and me are technically millennials, but we're like old millennials. So it's right. like, but like that's like that's like the the big millennial diss. If you're ever having an argument with like a young millennial and uh, they don't they they just want to like shut you down, their immediate thing is, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? You're old, and you're having like an argument with like a twenty year old. Like, what's wrong with you? As if that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You as just if don't that, you just don't anything. understand, man. You don't even understand the internet, bro. You, okay. I don't, probably. What are you? You're, cool. you're like a 30-year-old fucking man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I was listening to Joe Rogan, actually, and he talks about that. And I've thought about this for years. That Like, is that actually a valid comeback to call somebody old? Like, well, like theory, we used to live in a world where, like... But, like, we used to live in a world where we actually respected older people. They were the wise ones. You wouldn't use that as an insult. But the fact that it's just presumed as an inherent diss really confuses me. I don't like, know, you're man. old. The yeah, mid, the yeah, yeah, but guess what? We're, the, the we're all going to be old, man. 
we're all it, it's just a thing age like it's not even it doesn't fucking matter it's just a thing I don't it know. just happens like time it's like that just happens, bro. Didn't the young people make uh, make Socrates drink hemlock? Because you know they were like, "You too, you too old man. We're not interested in your like your crazy weird old person theories." Well, yeah, he was he was accused of corrupting the morals of the uh, of the youth in Athens. So <laughs> that's what everybody did. said. It was either it was either exile or death, and so he chose death, <laughs> which doesn't sound extreme at all. That wasn't in Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, once once we've uh, once we've concluded going through these uh, three masterpieces, uh, we will then uh, reveal uh, our choices for uh, our next versus series, which is the Battle of the Bromances, where Austin and I each pick uh, an actor or famous person that uh, we have a bit of a man crush on, um, and uh, we uh, pit their films against each other. So yeah, Austin, buddy. the question is, what should I start with? Um, I would like you to start with the thinning. How many sides does the Pentagon have? Five. What causes disease? Bacteria. How many letters are in the alphabet? 26. Take your time. Focus on the equation. You're going to do great. I love you. I love you so much. What if only the smartest boys and girls got to live here? We are the number one most educated population in 196 countries. You'll have two hours to complete the test. All grades are final. Here are the results. No, 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 no. No, okay, no, 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 Michaels. What? Ellie Harper. No! We have to do something, Dad. I'm sorry, son. My hands are tied. My dad wants to stand by this system. He's going to have to stand by a system that put his own son to death. Get the hell out of here. System is down. Commence containment mode. There is a story developing at Vista Point High School. Something's not right. There's no way I failed that test. Oh my God, Lena. Kellen, can you help me? You need to see this. We're going live right now. We need to find where they keep the test. Take her to the thinning. There are those that say the thinning is barbaric. Is it barbaric to be the best? If you don't support our great society, then you are a parasite. We're in this together. Do you know what we do with parasites? We wash them out! Are we approved to commence the thinning? You are approved. The thinning. Okay, well, the thinning, I feel, is a little bit different from the other two because it's not a comedy. It's like trying to be... So, so the thinning is... It's like a proper movie. Yeah. I mean, it's trying a quote, to be a proper quote, movie. A quote-unquote proper movie. So uh, right. the thinning is... Uh, basically, YouTube has started a premium service called YouTube Red with the idea being... Wait, real quick, real quick. It has Stacey Dash in it, okay? It does it's have Stacey Dash. It's a proper movie. You're just like, you're, you're skipping all ahead here, man. I'm getting, I'm getting into this. Anyway, the thinning... <laughs> the thinning... I keep wanting to call it... It's, it's, it's the thinning, not the thinning. I want to keep calling it the thinning... But that review dude that was mocking it kept calling it the thinning. It's, it's the thinning, but it 
it it kind of looks written down like it's the thinning, and also like also like the problem is anytime anyone refers to it in the film as the thinning, it just sounds funny. It's like it's hard to take it seriously. But anyway, okay, so uh, the movie is it's like if there was a movie called like The Reaping, and someone was like, what is what's going on, and they're like, it's The Reaping, or what was that movie by M Night Shyamalan where the happening. The happening. And, What's and going you know on? when you're watching it, you just keep happening. going like uh, I just keep wanting wanting to somebody say something is happening. You know, it's like <laughs> you you want that roll credits moment. Um, anyway, so uh, the thinning is a movie made for YouTube Red, which is a sort of YouTube's attempt to go into the premium streaming service because they're like, hey, everybody watches our content for free. Um, maybe we could get people to pay for it. Um, and they decided that the way to do that is to create a Logan Paul vehicle, uh, which is uh, some kind of like cross between The Purge and some kind of what's well, it's almost kind of trying to be like a pseudo action movie at times. But it basically it's like yeah. it's like if the Disney Channel tried to make The Purge, that's kind of what it's like. Um, yeah. And it also stars uh, another. Although p- some people bang in it and stuff. Right. Is there like any like actual banging in it? Well, it's implied, right? Because doesn't the teacher uh, exploit his students? Because anyway. he, like, sleeps... And, and, oh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, right. Anyway, the year is... Which, he, which, which is more... Dis- it's a little more adult than I thought. And there's some action sequences where Logan Paul gets a little crazy with, well, like, is, beating people. Well, this is just further proof that Logan Paul is a bad influence on the young. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, that's precisely what I was thinking. If you don't know as well, Logan Paul is one currently one of the most famous YouTubers... Because um, him and his brother basically act like douchebags and post a video videos of it every day, um, every day, bro. Um, and they, and and yeah, and I don't even like it's that weird thing where I don't know why he's famous. Like it's like I get the idea that he posts these videos and there's a kind of like lifestyle element to it where he's like, oh look at this crazy shit we're doing. Oh here's a vlog of us doing this sort of thing. But I'm kind of like where. Like, surely he had to get the money to have the mansion to do all the crazy shit he does. Did he start off on Vine? Like, what was the thing that... Do you know anything about the Paul brothers? I'm too old to understand the internet, gear. Yeah, you're a fucking... I don't know. Yeah, you fucking 30-year-old man. Yeah, what the fuck, dude? Anyway, anyway okay, so we'll just give up on the fact that neither of us knows anything about the Paul brothers. I think... So he's a prankster, dude. Uh, so, but I don't know. I don't know at what point he started making a lot of money because it's been at least a couple of years now that he's had that he's had deeper pockets. Yeah. So, but that seems to be. But, it. but it's he's like, like he, he's he like has a, a mansion and they do and, shit and they piss people off. Yeah, and didn't he used to like like do splits and shit like that? I don't know. And I then his younger was, brother is Jake yeah. Jake Paul. And they, I think they both used to be on Disney Channel shows as well at some point. Maybe. Oh, okay. I don't know. But there's like, okay. there's some other people in this who, if I was a young man, I might know who they were. Like this chick, Peyton List, I think is also like a YouTuber or something. Uh, I think she also used to be a Disney person. Okay, so the year is 2039, and the Earth's resources are nearly depleted, even though the entire world still basically looks exactly the same, and everything looks like a really boring middle-class town. Like, it's like there's you, there's no real setup that the Earth's resources are being depleted. It seems very, very forced. But anyway... To be fair, it looks like Aliso Viejo, which is a town in Orange County where I grew up. It's te- so. it's, it's, isn't it supposed to be Austin? Austin, Texas? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's in Texas. I know that much. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it looks like Southern Orange County. So anyway, so. global warming's happening and shit, and the United Nations declares that all all the nations must cut their population by five percent. And so, so what one? So, so some countries respond to this by killing off the elderly. Some have like a one-child policy. But the United States, they implement the very, very rational idea that they will have standardized testing, where um, every year uh, the bottom five percent uh, in terms of scores on the standardized test will be thinned. They'll be put into. The thinning, where they w- the thinning, the thinning, where they will be executed, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, I want to see how many think pieces were written about this, about how this is really like a a, a biting social commentary on the problem of standardized. But testing you know, but that's that's it. You can see States. where like this is like gauged, like this is aimed at teenagers though because it's kind of like what's the scariest thing to a kid a, a school test so this, <laughs> what if a test what if you failed a test and it meant you died that that's where you cut this is where like the disney channel elements of it feel because it feels like it's very much pandering to a young audience um mm. so anyway so we have our main character which is blake redding played by logan paul who really likes to do jump rope and uh, do push-ups in a montage for no reason, just so we can see see his ab game. Mm. How did how did Which you is pretty strong? Did you appreciate pretty strong? Did you appreciate the dude's gains? I mean, I appreciate the dude's aesthetic, as the kids say these days. He's got he's got that aesthetic body. I I appreciate it. He's he's got a, He's got a good body. I, I also I will say like this this sounds this may sound weird too, but um I I was really amused at how like how half-assed this entire movie was shot to the point where, like... So he's the main character of the film. He is introduced by simply a shot where he walks into the hallway and asks the security guard if he wants him to go get anything. It's like, we don't get any real establishing shot. It's just that's how the character's introduced in the film. Save the cat, man. He just proves that he's a nice dude. He asked the security guard if he could help. Yeah, but there's Save like the fucking nothing cat. to visually We're signify. We're already invested. That, Logan Paul's a good guy. There's nothing to signify that this character has any sort of significance uh, whatsoever. It's just like, yeah, he's there. That's that's cool. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so he gets he he goes and meets up with. Well, he said, he says that he's just going to get some from the kitchen, but really. He's sneaking out to bang because he meets up with another person who I also think might be a YouTuber because I just assume any of the young people in this are just YouTubers. Um, mm-hmm. And they go off and they do that classic thing, which I'm, I'm curious, like as like somebody from like California, I kind of feel like this is something you would have done. Did you at any point ever sneak into like somebody's like back garden, which had a pool and like go in their pool? Did you ever do and like like just in like your your underwear or anything? Yeah, I did this like even recently, bro. <laughs> You're like, I... honestly, man. <laughs> see, see, I, I don't feel like I could call you an old man because you keep finding ways to like, you know, not grow up. Yeah, I was at a club the other day till 6 p.m. the next day. So, you know, that's right. A club didn't even open till 5 a.m. So <laughs> didn't start serving shots until 7 a.m. <laughs> well, this is. This is this is this is the point where I'm I've been in bed for a very long time at this point and I'm planning just to be in bed for much longer, but I said well I see that like Austin's got the beard off now so I assume this means that he's uh, it's 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 party time again. 
Yeah, no, I've been relatively tame. But yeah, yeah, of course, man. I would, I, we would totally do shit like that. See, because this is... you have to remember, like, we didn't, we didn't do, we, you couldn't drink at 18. You can't drink till 21, right? So we did house parties and shit like that. So for us, a lot of our shenanigans were suburban type of shenanigans. Like, we used to steal beer out of our neighbor's fridge because they would leave their garage door open and they had a refrigerator in their garage. And so we would steal, <laughs> we used to call it the beer house because we would literally drive by and steal the beer out of the refrigerator. So I, I was a very neurotic teenager, so um, I, I would have definitely been that person of, guys, we can't go in there. We'll get in trouble. And I'll, I'll stay by yeah, here. Yeah. And just I totally just, get just that. Keep, make sure the car's fine. That would have been me. I would have been that guy. So, you know, no kind of like Logan Paul-like shenanigans. So, yeah, so they, they have a kind of like romantic teenagery kind of evening in that way that kind of like and it convinces you that, yes, these two 17-year-olds are in love with each other for the rest of their lives. And it's meant to be because – Which that, is like one of your pet peeves. Because that, 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 that's going to be important for later on because um, then we get, we, we get the classic thing where Logan Paul gets caught – by one of the security guys who brings him into to to his father, so his father could be like, "You've got a test tomorrow." Like, how? What are you doing with your life, Logan Paul? You piece of shit. And Logan Paul's like, "I've got I've got so much emotions, but I have to keep them bottled up behind this stoicism, and I'm just gonna mm. offer you some." sarcastic comment and then walk off while I try and smolder. Like, I feel like he tries to do a lot of smoldering in this film. Oh, he's, he's doing a lot of that. Yeah. 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 I saw that. He definitely was trying to, but I feel like it's like, there's too much effort going into the smoldering. So it's like, you know, and that's, that's the thing is if you're trying to smolder, it doesn't really work. Right. Right. If you just don't burn with coolness and aloofness, then it just looks forced. Well, also, especially cause like his whole persona is he's like, loud and kind of goofy, you know, and bro-ish. That's so it feels very weird to watch him try to be like the stoic, cool, you know, uh, cool guy or whatever. So the action guy. Yeah. So basically he is, uh, worried about his lady passing the test. So he, or does he, I don't know. He goes up to the other main character who is played by Peyton List, who is someone, again, I do not know who she is. I assume she's a YouTuber. And she is someone who is selling these contact lenses that allow you to, like, cheat on the test. And she doesn't, like, uh, and she doesn't help Logan Paul out. And this, this is something that comes up again later for some reason. But anyway, point is, these, two, these are our two main characters. Um, so they go in, they take the test, and then... Logan Paul passes, but um, Logan Paul's girlfriend does not pass, you know. Oh, no. And, and can I, did, did you not find, like, for, for, like, a group of people who, like, in theory, this is the difference. This is, this is, this decides if they live or die. Like, they're going to be dragged off and, like, executed right at the end of this test. They, everybody seemed very calm. And so it's like, and, like, when they'd be, like, they'd read somebody's name out there, it's almost like they go, oh, no. Oh no! It didn't feel like kind of like you just like motherfucker. You're about to get executed. Like two things: one, uh, acting is hard, <laughs> and secondly, uh, and secondly, <laughs> secondly, uh, I think from within the story world, they are used to this, so they're bummed, but they also realize that this is just normal. Oh darn! I gotta go off and be executed now. So um. <laughs> I feel like I feel like if we had merchandise, that would be like something we would put on a T-shirt is acting is hard. <laughs> 
Um, so, okay, so, uh, so obviously, oh no, his girlfriend's dead, and this will be the main driving force for all of Logan Paul's motivations from now on. I'm just going to keep calling him Logan Paul, because fuck, who cares what his character's name is? Is that Logan? Um, did I mention that his dad is the governor of Texas and, like, a big proponent of this, the thinning, the thinning? He- He's also Mr. Gulia from The Wedding Singer. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um... So, um, okay, and then, so also, uh, Peyton List, she survives, I forget, there's, does she, does her brother get killed or something? Like, I forget, I've... Remember, I, I only watched a review you, Yeah, you only watched this, the thing, so, so I'm getting keep, the highlights. You, you got the yeah. highlights, okay. Okay, so, anyway, moving on, we jump forward a year to the, to the next thinning, it's the day before the next test, and Logan Paul has hatched a plan, he is, like... I'm going to deliberately tank the test and then show that because I don't agree with my father and if he and if he's going to continue to try and do the the thinning, he is going to have to contend with the death of his own son and prove that he thinks this is worthwhile and whatnot. Um, but uh, Logan Paul's father uh, gets wind of the plan and then calls in a special favor into the test people and they switch some of the scores. So which means that um, Peyton List ends up getting taken instead of Logan Paul, and yeah, and this is kind of where are they dating at this point? A year later, are no, they no. a couple now? No, they hate each other. Okay. I think. Oh, they hate each other. Okay. I think they're supposed to hate each other. I I don't know. It's the the character dynamics are really badly drawn, and like you kind of feel like nobody was really ever given much of a character beyond kind of like your people like you, so just be likable or be serious or like, it's like, cause I feel like, I feel like it, it's almost like uh, Logan Paul's, um, the direction Logan Paul got was, okay, so this is a dramatic scene. Do drama. Yeah. 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 Um, so they like, call it, they call it actioning in acting school where you like write on your script and each line you sort of say like what your action is. So they said t- they, they cart, Peyton List off to um, off with all the other kids who are going to get executed and they put like bags over their heads and it's all very Guantanamo Bay but not Guantanamo Bay obviously um, it's it's you know because this is happening to pretty white middle class kids um, which is again is something that's really distracting about this film is you're kind of like every everything just looks so clean and nice again this is kind of like the Disney Channel thing coming in where you're just kind of like see for me it felt right I felt right at home that was like my hometown exactly it, it was it's clean very... nice pretty white people <laughs> So, uh, but, but Logan Paul's like, oh my God, this is, this is not right. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and prove that whatever was going on here. And, um, oh wait, wait, I also forgot there's like, um, there was like, there's also a bit where Logan Paul like tries to be an action hero and he like picks up a fire extinguisher and I thought he looked pretty goofy while throwing that fire extinguisher but he's clearly taking himself very very seriously and it's that thing where you kind of like you kind of, it's it's almost a little bit adorable because you're like oh he thinks he's do he thinks he's doing a good job yeah it's faux athleticism right it's like a dude that clearly goes to the gym and has a good body but probably has never really played basketball yeah 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 it it doesn't he doesn't seem that kind of um 
dynamic. I don't know what's, what's the word. What's the word I'm thinking of? Um, uh, like agile. a man. He doesn't seem that agile. I, I'd say, you know. Oh. But ah um, uh, yes. But anyway, yes. um, so he's not a, a, su- a supple leopard as uh, people in CrossFit like. To oh talk wait, about. and I forgot. He's not a supple leopard. Oh, and I forgot. Austin Stacy Dash is in this film. Oh yeah, she's the teacher. She's the teacher. She's actually like a big part of this movie too. Like it's not like it, it's like I guess you know it's it's um they this is kind of almost like a pseudo sequel to Clueless. You know, it's like um uh, was it Cher? Oh, this is what happens if D go if D gets her shit together and yeah. becomes a teacher in a post dystopian. Yeah, world? she she got her shit together. Um, she dropped the accent and okay. she went. She moved to Austin and became a teacher in a in a in a well, it's not even a post apocalyptic, just a kind of dickish. Um, future where you know people are future yeah 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 a, 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 a lovely pretty aesthetically clean dystopia um but yeah so th- most of what the film then devolves into is this weird shenanigans because we're only like i think like 20 minutes into the movie it's about 83 minutes including credits and so i think there's like a got to be a good hour of just logan paul kind of like running around the halls trying to avoid people while trying to prove something i've forgotten what what um but stacy dash because she's really fond of peyton list she helps her out by giving her this like her like teacher card key which allows her to get in and out of rooms and so she kind of escapes the thinning for a bit but then it's all on lockdown and then it starts becoming like this big news story because like the school's been entirely locked down and the um, and the parents are like, where are our kids? We don't know who was who was thinned in the thinning. And so it becomes like this huge media circus, which you're kind of again, like, would the media really be freaking out if everyone has just accepted the idea that, OK, yeah, we're just going to kill off five percent of the children of America uh, every year. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's 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 like it's amazing how little of it actually sticks in my memory. Um, there's a bit where they kind of wander around some really, really giant air ducts. You know where, like, those air ducts, you could fit, like, three people shoulder to shoulder? You're kind of like, there's no fucking air ducts that big. Um, yeah, I've never seen those that big. And it, I it, always wanted to climb in them, though, because the movies make it seem like it's real. But, but at least in Dino, and then I've, I've John always wanted to could... cram himself in there. Yeah, could they support human weight well, it, very well, often? Well, there's there. Well, to be fair, there is a point where they fall out of it and fall and and just so happen to be there's a pool underneath them because as we know, nothing bad can happen lucky. from you falling into water from a from a big height. It's like a no no no. It's yeah. like a perfect cushion. Um, swan dive, perfect swan dive. Yeah, I think so. Peyton List and Logan Paul, they're not actually like banging they're not gonna bang because like logan paul's too into his ex well his girlfriend who's was thinned the year before but they have one of these like encounters you know but after like they they sort of team up at one point and so they're in the air duct and she kind and he has one kind of she has kind of one of those moments where she you know like where like somebody like tell you know where one character like tells him off be like you're a douchebag because of x reason and then the person like gives some like heartfelt soliloquy and then they go well actually that thing you said well here's the real reason that happened I bet you feel like a douchebag now. And then that person goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize you were as deep as you were. You know, it's one of those things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we get that. So that's 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 what counts, that's yeah. what counts as character development in this film. Um, okay. 
And then eventually... Hey, wait, and does this happen in the air duct? This happens in the air duct. Um, Okay, that's even better. So eventually what happens is essentially... This this is also one of those movies where where hacking becomes magic, where somebody could because there's a character who seems to be able to hack things by like swiping on his phone. It's like it's like basically he can hack like other people use Tinder. Um, so it's just like he touches his phone a bunch of times and everything's magically hacked. Um, but anyway, so they just <laughs> Peyton List discovers that. Um, the, the corruption of how they've switched names because it's not just like, it's not just like Logan Paul that they switched it with, with her name. It turns out that the, like the big quarterback guy who, you know, I can't remember what his name, I'm going to find out what his name is because there's a scene that, um, there's a scene in it where he, fuck, what was it? Uh, it was, this is fun to listen to me looking for things on the computer. Um, mm-hmm. fact, I can't remember what his name is. Like something like, I don't know. I'm going to call him Jim Freeman or something. I wasn't what his name was, but I'm going to call him Jim Freeman. But it's like, but there's a point where literally like when he's first introduced where he like, you know, he's like one of those like really sort of, um, uh, black and white bullies where it's just like, he is just like a singular asshole for the sake of being a singular asshole. So there's a point where he kind of like knocks right. into one of the, uh, one of like Peyton buddy and goes, Jim Freeman, all-star quarterback, you know, and you, you realize later on the reason they've done that is because at some point you see his name on a screen because it turns out that they were getting, uh, that they were, um, uh, switching scores so that the all-star quarterback could, uh, pass even though he was in the lowest 5%. And that's why, um, Logan Paul's girlfriend failed the year before. So there's oh, a conspiracy so that they could manipulate going it. So that, oh, I get it. Because it's Texas, and you know how seriously yeah, they take they their high school football. Texas, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, full, full, was it? Oh, fuck. Why have I forgotten? It's, uh, you know, full hearts can't lose. Fuck. Why have I forgotten the Friday Night Lights thing? Anyway, um, point is, so this gets leaked to the media, and everyone's like, oh, my God, this is the moral corruption within a system where we execute 5% of the children of America. How can we stand for this? And so the governor's like, he's like between a rock and a hard place where he has to go, okay, fine. I, I will, I'll, I'll have to agree to execute my own son because I believe in this. I believe in this system. So Logan, at least, at least they're teaching about moral fiber and how to be a man of principles. You know, it's a, it's a good sentiment. So Peyton List is saved. Logan Paul gets carted off along with the quarterback with all the other thinning kids to go get thinned. Um, at which point the reveal happens that they're not actually getting executed. They're getting taken to a factory somewhere to manufacture the pads that they use to take the tests. Which is one of those sort of twists and oh, and it, and then and then it, it it finishes with Logan Paul seeing his girlfriend in the factory working away, and it's like she's alive, and then the movie's like dun 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 to be continued, and it's like that thing where you're kind of like, 
This is one of those twists that's so incredibly dumb. You're like, how are you this stupid that you like it makes you almost retroactively even realize just how stupid the rest of the movie was because you're like, do you think that the people were like, we we can't make this too dark. So that's why we can't actually have them murdered. We have to just make it so that they become slaves to the system. I guess that's the thing. And it's like fear and. The threat of annihilation, but really that would be too dark in a YouTuber's movie. But again, it makes no fucking sense if you think about it, because, again, he's like, if 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 the whole issue is resources and 5% of the population needs to get killed off, then what good does making putting all these people in a, in factories manufacturing a specific product that you... I mean, it's just like, it, it, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Anyway. Well, and then think about it, like, year after year... The supply of labor power increases steadily, but the population doesn't, which means the output need for the devices that they take the tests on remains relatively constant. So you basically just have like this massive flow of surplus labor to produce a, a relatively constant element of uh, that requires constant labor output. See- so I'm confused as to their economic model as well. Like... Like what happens? Because clearly they they thin. There's a bit where they like thin like a five year old or a seven year old. Yeah, exactly. So they've got like seven year olds. So so the, the 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 amount of people who are workers in this thinning factory where they're making these tablets keeps steadily increasing year yes. after year. So year one, let's say you have a million of them. Year two, you don't have a million. You have two million, but you still only need. 5 million tablets. Year 3, you have 3 million, but you still only need 5 million tablets because they're trying to control the population growth, well, right? Well, this, was, this so just my, to be from, like, I'm one school here. or one city that they were, like, that this factory was existing. In theory, like, like you'd only need one factory to manufacture a lot of those tablets. What do you, are, are, does every school have its own specific factory for manufacturing? And in theory, right. you, and, those And to be honest, I'd are, rather work in the factory. Well, and also those I'd tablets, rather work in the factory. Because at least you don't have the threat, the fear of your impending potential doom looming over your head. At least at that point, you know the whole thing's a ruse. And so you could just live like full on nihilistically and just bang every day all day after you finish, you know, working on the assembly line. Well, well, theoretically, too, those tablets are like unless they are like manufacturing them really badly, those tablets should be able to hold up over a number of years, like, because they only use them for, like, one test a year. So in theory, uh, you don't need to keep manufacturing them every year. Well, you have to upgrade the technology. Here's the worst part about it. What they don't understand is they really don't understand how capitalist exploitation works. You need to outsource that shit, man. You got to outsource that shit to fucking China. Yeah, why are we not sending and, this to the thinning children of India to manufacture? Yeah, what's up? Well, I don't, they clearly don't understand colonial exp- uh, exploitation. Like, this is not how it works. And you ha- where do you get the conflict minerals so that you can make your devices, which all come from the Congo? So there's clearly they have not thought this through. I don't think I've ever seen a film, too, where I more felt like it just looked like I'm like, you are not the demographic that this story is at all interesting about. It's like it, it's like, oh, no, I really feel sorry for because they're like actually because like, the dude like Logan Paul lives in a nice house. too. He's not a middle class kid. He's an upper class kid. And you're kind of like, oh, no, the upper class kid. Um, they they he's he's got they've had to really manufacture problems for him. Yeah, yeah, precisely, precisely. I so, mean, I, I would, I would it, say the one thing I will say it's interesting is I'm surprised actually that it was, from what I could tell, it looked like a like a real movie. Like the other ones, kind of look like 
extended YouTube sticks, whereas this actually looks like a movie. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it in terms of quality, but its overall cheapness becomes very evident as you watch it because it's like, one, yeah. there's no real direction to it. It's really bad. Like, there's no real sense of how to really sort of um, block out or establish a scene. Even in, like, basic television format, it's actually really incredibly poor. And so, for instance, there's bits, too, where, like, they'll cut, they'll cross-cut between two classrooms, but the classrooms look exactly the same. So I was watching it with Alex, and she didn't realize they were two different classrooms. And, like, it's just – it's just – it's it's bad – in the sense that it's, like, sub-standard TV. Like, it's sub... You know, you should okay, be yeah. able to, like... They should have been able to do a better job than this. But also, it's, like, as soon as you realize that almost the entire film is set in this high school and that this is also supposed to be in a dystopia where, like, global warming and fabin has wrecked the country, but everything just looks like the suburbs in 2018, you're kind of like, well, okay, yeah, this really hasn't... This really isn't doing do, like they they really didn't put much money or resources into this, um, and you know they did they spent a good hour just basically running around this school when not a lot else happens and and you know what the you know what the major tragedy of this film is Austin, we will never what? find out what happened because they were filming the thinning too and then. Logan Paul had to go and take a video of a guy commit who had committed suicide and suddenly they were like no postponed or delayed or canceled the thinning too we will never we will never get the joy of finding out what happened in that factory maybe some of our uh, questions the, about the economic issues of it would have been answered i think the public will forgive logan paul you know yeah you make a calloused video and then you get into an online twitter war with chris D'Elia and all is forgiven. <laughs> oh my god the Logan paul chris D'Elia fight yeah, I mean, it, it it evens the scale. It gets everything back to normal. I think we have forgiven Logan Paul now, well, I think I think that's the funny thing. It's like, you know how, like, you should never, like, you know how, like, there was always that, uh, there was always that saying that you should never, like, uh, start an, a, a, a war with someone who buys ink by the barrel load? In other words, you shouldn't, like, ever go to war with a newspaper because they have the resources. To, right. Like, you know, I feel like in the modern, it's like, you should never go to war on Twitter with a comedian because... Yeah, because they do this for they they have a barrel of ink they, it, metaphorically. Yes, they do this for a living, and basically all comedians do is find creative ways to rip each other. So it's like <laughs> yeah. you are in a you you've just you've just wandered into a bear pit. You are you are Liam Neeson at the end of the uh, at the end of the gray, but not nearly as well equipped. That's right. You don't have broken beer bottles and the spirit of the wolf inside of you. So we can we can move on because this this film mostly just bored me. If I'm being honest, like it wasn't like okay. I was I I kind of wish there had been more to make fun of with it, but it's actually like for the most part, it's kind of just generically dull. You know? Yeah. Like I feel like of the three, this is probably the least bad. Yeah. Or the least offensive. I mean, we'll go. I mean, that's, that's like the thing is like, well, when we get to Shane Dawson, we'll get into actual offensive. But I, I actually I feel this is why I want to okay. I'm, I'm going to knock off the Smosh movie next because I feel like okay. or Smosh the movie because I feel like I'm, I want to save Shane Dawson for the end. I am so glad that happened. That was the funniest thing I've seen all day. Look, someone posted a video. Dude, that's you. I wanna be the master. Where did the microphone go? Oh, it's 
really deep in there. If Anna sees this video, it's gonna remind her how much of a loser I used to be. All we have to do is get the video removed from YouTube. Hi there, is Mr. YouTube available to see us? Hey, you're the backflip microphone guy. Where'd the microphone go? I think it's in that boy's ass. Steve YouTube. Pleasure to meet you. Hi, I don't uh, touch, I don't touch. I need that video removed from your website. Your best bet is to change the video from the inside. Jenna, I've commented on a bunch of your videos. Yeah, I know exactly who you are. You kidding me? No idea. We're definitely in YouTube. Is it weird to say the closer this guy gets to my butthole, the better it feels? A little bit. Let's go! Oh, if we don't get back to that portal now, we're gonna be stuck here forever! Oh, the cute little whisker. Jesus! Come around the desk no, and man. crawl under and... Whoa! Oh my! You thought there was a so portal under my desk and you saw my wiener. That is the best joke ever. So... Okay. The Smosh movie is... Had you ever heard of Smosh, Austin? No. Clearly, because I'm old. <laughs> and had... Uh, like, so so when you watch this, um, I can't remember. Whose video was it that I sent you on this one? Was it I Hate Some Everything? Some English dude that's trying to find, like, horrible, horrible I, I hate like everything. the worst movie ever made. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I hate everything. Yeah, because yeah. uh, there's a couple ones on the Smosh movie, um, and some of them, like, go into, like, actually their, like, YouTube channel and stuff like that. But anyway. Um, yeah, he does, a, he does a little bit. He does a little bit. So basically, uh, there are these two guys, um, uh, Ian and Anthony, who basically... They created this channel called Smosh, which is essentially where they did these kind of skits. And the skits were essentially these very lo-fi things that were often about them pulling funny faces or, like, yelling really loud. It's one of those things where, like, everything is funny because they're yelling. Um, right. So, yeah, so it's a lot about big reactions and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's not funny in any way. But if you're like 12, you probably think it's funny. And that's very much, again, that's kind of their demographic is young kids. And I think they are people who, much like a lot of the sort of original kind of famous YouTubers from the early days of YouTube, have kind of had to work out exactly where they wanted to go. Because essentially, you know, they, they you get to a point where if you were in it with you, where you, if you were entertaining 12 year olds, by the time they're 18 or 19, they don't give a shit about you anymore. And the new crop of 12 year olds are onto somebody else. So there's been a sort of thing about how YouTubers have had to try and develop maybe and try and find new ways of doing things. And so um, currently the Smosh brand still exists, but I don't think either of them make videos anymore. I think they've both left it. They sort of sold the name and they've, they've gone off and done other things. But this was kind of during a period, this movie came out kind of during a period a couple of years ago where suddenly a bunch of studios said, hey, maybe these, these, these kids like these YouTubers, maybe we can stick them in a movie and we can get them to pay to watch them. Because, you know, they watch something for free on the internet, so maybe they'd like to go, maybe they'd like to pay to watch a longer version of that in a, somewhere else. Um, so this this actually had a theatrical release then. I I don't actually know if it did. I think it might was intended to have a theatrical release at one point, but it's certainly not. Okay. You have to buy it online. You don't just like it, it wasn't just like okay. released on YouTube, which was kind of like one of the things that people criticized it about was kind of like, OK, you know, you're making this for your audience and then you're asking your audience to like 
just, uh, you know, sort of pay for the pleasure of something that they don't, you know, so when they can just actually go to look at your content for free on YouTube, it just doesn't, didn't make a lot of sense as an economic idea. But Hmm. I mean, here's, so this movie is basically, I think, what this movie reminded me a lot of is like, you know how like in the night, especially in the nineties, cause there's sort of the huge comedy boom in the eighties. And then there was this kind of point where they're like, Hey, this comedian has just become big. Maybe we can stick them in a movie and they'll like, and, 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 you know, we, we just need some kind of like, um, uh, you know, kind of insert plot here kind of vague thing and then they'll do their comedy thing and people go to it because they like them as a comedian so it's like i'm thinking of like you know how like the the jerky boys movie or like yeah even say something like dirty work with norm mcdonald you know it's or like when like um uh, andrew dice clay was in a movie it's like that sort of thing but i mean i feel like to be honest i feel like a lot of these movies like ride along and get hard and shit like that. I kind of feel like they're like that. It's yeah, like, hey, are. we have these two comedians. There's a generic script sitting around somewhere. Let's plug these two people in there. Or there's one person in there and we got a movie. And I'm kind of like, meh. So so the idea is, so Anthony Ian are the main characters, the best friends. They live in a small house with um, Ian's parents. Um, and Anthony is a pizza delivery boy. And we start off with a really weird animated opening montage which doesn't which is really badly animated and i have no idea why it's there other than my only thing i could think of is like maybe like they had a friend who was an animator so they were like hey yeah, buddy do you want to like it's quirky yes um and do you know who directed this film austin uh it was steven spielberg actually uh, yes <laughs> steven spielberg yeah, yeah um yeah. none other than bill s preston Esquire. No, he did not. He did. He did indeed. Alex, Alex Winter, Winter directed huh? this film. Wow, that really makes me sad. And you can tell because they so want this film to be Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh, but anyway, so... Um, oh, I get it. That makes sense then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got gotcha. you. So basically what happens is the two of them are basically losers. They're your classic kind of like, hey, we're like, we're nerds and we're losers, but we don't really, uh, but we're, we're trying to get on in life and everything. And so they get like an invite to their five year high school reunion, which I didn't know was a thing. Do you, have you, have you ever heard of a five year high school reunion? Uh, yes. Okay. As a matter of fact. Uh, hold on one second. I'm figuring this out right now. Yes. Wait, no. No, it was 10 years. Yeah, because I think I 10 years is the first one, and then t- then 20 years, but... I think they do a five-year, but everyone's connected through Facebook now, yeah. so they just... Nobody goes. I would never in a million years go to a high school no. reunion. No, nope, there was no five-year. 10-year yeah. was the first. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm remembering now. Okay. So, anyway, so... And so basically, of course, like Anthony, there was like this girl that he liked in high school who uh, he missed his chance with. And so he wants to like impress her at the high school. He wants her to be there and he wants to impress her. Um, But they find out that there is a video on YouTube that has recently gone viral that is, well, actually, no, it's not even viral because they keep saying it's only got like 300 views or something like that. But anyway, um... It is a, it is Anthony, it is a video from when, from around the time they graduated from high school with Anthony singing the theme to 
magic pocket slave monsters, which is essentially their version of Pokemon within the the, the Smosh the Movie universe. Um, and he's like, oh, no, that's going to make me look bad in front of the girl. So we need to go to YouTube and get the video taken down. Um, so they go to YouTube, which is again, high stakes, high stakes, high stakes, high stakes. Um, so they go, they go to YouTube, which looks like it's just like some, like, it looks like it's some back office building at like the OC and they've got like a, um, and they've got like a little, like really badly superimposed, like YouTube logo on top of the building. Um, anyway, they go in, which is strange because for people who have like 20 million followers on YouTube, you would think they'd be able to have like a decent YouTube sign. So anyway, they they, they go into YouTube and uh, they ask to speak to the president of the company who is called Steve YouTube, um, who is played by a slumming Michael Ian Black, uh, who every time he's on screen, you just feel bad for him, you know? Um, Yeah. But, um, but, you know, I guess, you know, people got to get paid. it's tough for a player out there, yeah. Yeah. So Steve explains that the only way to take the video off of YouTube um, is by changing the video the from thinning. In- oh, no. <laughs> is by changing the video is by going into YouTube physically to change the video. Wait, you mean like into the Matrix? Into or like into the building? Like no, 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 no. As in like physically go. In like as if like YouTube the site like physically go inside it, kind of like through a portal, and like you're like physically yeah. inside YouTube, and they're you given code. They're given these phones yeah. that that where they have uh, this like Surrey knockoff that's um, where like they ask to go to like things and they'll suddenly pop up in different videos, um, and yeah, and so this then they have shenanigans in YouTube videos. And then we get like, um, we get, uh, uh, like cameos from Jenna marbles who I'm reliably told at one point was a big YouTuber. Um, Shane Dawson shows up at one point. Well, there's like a, there's like a footage of Shane Dawson. Austin, I feel like you must have watched Epic mealtime. You seem like the type of person that would have watched Epic mealtime. No, I've heard of it though, but I never watched it. Cause I feel like I feel like that's just the right level of broishness for you. But they don't eat all. Though I suppose they don't eat. They don't. They're not going for a plant based diet, so that might throw you off. I'm not a YouTube guy though, man. So like, I don't watch a lot of YouTube shows. Okay. I get people who give me shit for this all the time. I mean, you know, I catch up on some sports and I watch interviews and shit like that. And but I don't I, like the YouTube channels. I don't really subscribe to much. So also, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin shows up. Um, and he is, uh, promoting a, uh, a, like a product that's like stone cold creamery as in, you know, as, as in, you know, ha ha ha. It's like cold stone creamery. Cause he's stone cold. Cause he's stone yeah. cold. So what does any of this have to do with the plot of them getting, is this like, are these obstacles no, no, they in have their to, way to find? Well, they can't find the video that they have to get to, to take it down. I forget why they can't find the video, but like that's the point is they're trying to get to the video so that they can change the video. And this this will sound weird, but um yeah, the uh the rules of this universe are very ill-defined. 
Um, okay. It, it seems to be mostly a, an excuse for them to like cameo their famous YouTube friends. At yeah, it's a yeah, very yeah. very loose kind of. I feel like calling it a plot is kind of unfair, but it it yeah, it doesn't seem like a plot. Yeah, and it's also like the physics of where they are at any point within these videos and how physically it affecting them would change the video in any way. It's all doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, and I don't okay. think like anyone's ever really sat down and thought this. And this is this is kind of the problem with this film and also the Shane Dawson film is that things that are funny as like a three or four minute sketch on YouTube don't really work when applied in like a 90 minute movie that's supposed to have some kind of through line and sort of logical world building thing. You know, it's like, it's, it's like even on the loosest basis, this film has no grasp of how to maintain any kind of real cohesion of like concept. So, well, that's just because you're being an elitist film school snob. I here. am. I They're am. trying well, to contest the form of cinema itself. One, well, I hate. I hate the kids, and I hate what the kids are into. So you know, I, honestly, yeah. I, yeah, I just, just I want to watch my, my I want to watch my black and white silent films. Um, and right. uh, you know, because sound really ruined film forever. You know, that was like that was the, yeah. But yeah. um, but yeah, it's it's kind of hard for me to actually like. That's the weird thing is, it was like. Cause, cause like the thing is like when I watched the Adam Sandler movies, I feel like there were so many infuriatingly weird things about them that there was a lot to say, but this is just so bland. It's like painfully bland. It's like nobody feels like they actually want to be there or they care. And it's like, that's, that's the thing. Everything feels like if you had told me that they wrote this script in two weeks and organized it and shot it like, uh, you know, within like three, within like a couple of weeks after that. Um, and then edited it over a month. I would have totally bought that because that it looks like something where the entire process of it took about two months to do um, from conception to final product. Two months. That's it. Because that it just it feels like nobody fucking cares. And, you know, right. it's just and you just kind of wonder, why does this exist? Um, it's about making money. I mean, it, for, I mean, from a logistics perspective, if you're an agent and you're representing these smosh dudes, and you go, hey, we got to capitalize on this because their 12-year-old and 13-year-old fans are going to move on from watching and subscribing to smosh to some other thing. We got to just pump this shit out ASAP. We got to capitalize on the, the, the peak of their celebrity now. But it's, it's one of those things, too, where, like... Which is nihilism. Where like, that, that's just nihilism. But it's, it's, like, one of those ones where, like, the copy and paste emotional beats are so painful that nobody like nobody's trying and it's just like that thing where it's like yeah. hey like we used to be best buddies in high school but now we've now we've grown apart but but i i realize that 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 you're my best friend and our bond is stronger now and then he's like hey i always i always liked you one dimensional female character um you know, I like how idealized and simplistic you are. Um, does do this like film pass the Bechtel test? Uh, no, is it the does, question. It does not pass the Bechtel test. Oh, in fact. interesting. Um, do any of actually, these films actually, pass the Bechtel in test? In theory, it kind of does. If you count Jenna Marbles talking to herself, has it? Because there's two Jenna Marbles talking to each other at one point about something that isn't to do with 
the guy, the male main character. So I guess in theory you could say it maybe passes the Bechdel test. But anyway, um, the thing with it is too that it's it's also like it's also got this really weird thing. So uh, it, it, at the end it tries to be Back to the Future, where essentially what happens is they go into the YouTube video, which is the one where he embarrasses himself, which is the one that's going to like ruin his life. And the what happens is that they they fix it by running on stage and beating themselves in the video up so that then it's like, so, so then, and then that gets filmed and then that gets put on YouTube. And then, so they get out of YouTube and find out that actually it was like they, their, their video became that video of what looked like clones beating each other up became so super successful that they became mega rich and famous in so like um and uh, and now they live in a giant mansion and uh and 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 so they go to the they go to the the prom and and uh Anthony's like he meet he meets the girl again he's like I've I'm rich and successful now now I'm someone that you can that you can like and she's like but I always liked the person you were before that He's like, actually, then oh, I'm not morals. Then I'm Good. not the rich. Then I, I'm still rich, but I've, but I'm the same person I always was. And she's like, is Anthony? Is this Anthony or the other Ian? Anthony. This is Anthony. Anthony. Is, is this the bad actor or the better actor? I think they're both bad, to be honest. But he's like, oh, he's are the, they? Okay. What is also like, it has this constant running gag all the way time that he's like, I'm grown up now. Like I used to get a ten dollar haircut, but now my haircut costs twenty bucks. And then by the end, he's like, now I have an eighty dollar yep. haircut, and it's it's kind of like, and that's that's humor, Austin. That's funny because well, and that's the standard by which we measure man manhood. Yeah. It's the price of your haircut. I mean, I used to go to Supercuts, and now I pay for $30 barber cuts, so I'm a man. Well, that's comedy right there, Austin. You just wrote a joke. <laughs> that's comedy. It is comedy. So I'm just like, it's just like, I, and it's that thing of it. It also, as a film, this has left no cultural footprint beyond the fact of people making fun of it on the internet. <laughs> Which even, like, actually on that level, it doesn't even really, like, hold up to really being that fun to make fun of. It's just really dull. Yeah. It didn't sound very interesting when I watched the the review thing, to be honest. It just... It's hard to say. The thinning, at least, seems like it had a script. It had a plot. It it at least feigned at character development. Whereas this one, it, it literally just seems like I said earlier, it was it, it was a vehicle to create a ninety minute product where they could charge millions of people to come and see like intellectual property on display because that's really what it is, right? These Ian and Anthony are just IP, and this is just a format for a particular form of ip to turn into a product to make some money when it's own, so it in its own way like too really it's, it's 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 trying to do that kind of easter egg thing where you're excited because you're like hey the mailman is played by the guy from epic mealtime hey it's jenna marbles yeah. hey it's shane dawson but it's it's also the weird thing is for a film that's made and starring youtubers it doesn't seem to understand much about like how youtube works because in in this weird way you think like there is possibly room for some kind of really insightful and intelligent kind of satire on like, you know, the, the, you know, on our, on our, on the modern entertainment, uh, that is, you know, YouTube, but it, it's just, 
it's not that at all. It doesn't try for that at all. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Shane Dawson. Public sex is way in right now. Glory hole. Who are you? Fucking Spider-Man? Give me your dick. What the hell is wrong with these people? Are you crying? I'm sorry, Scott. It's over. What? Who doesn't love Thanksgiving break? Me. High school fucking sucked. <laughs> Bye, gross, stupid fucking bitch. Kidding, not really. <laughs> Shit. Janie's here, so just pretend to laugh at me. Oh, that's adorable. You're still obsessed with her. She's totally gonna sit on my face later. Like... Wow, that's really not how that goes down at all. But here's the thing about high school. It ends, and you get to go to college. Only problem is, when the holidays roll around, you still have to go home. Sorry, but you came out of nowhere. Scott? I fucking miss high school so bad. High school's over. That big ceremony thing that we all did, that was graduation where we all move on and we all do different things. You don't stay here and be like, oh, I was prom king, I'm cool, so that means I'm cool forever. You want no secret? This is the first time on a Friday I've actually done anything. Bucket list. <laughs> okay, what is it, some kind of bucket list? Thought we should probably start with uh, number four. something like a connection beautifully you know that so Shane Dawson's movie not cool is an interesting experience because um this film was actually made. I don't know if you know this, Austin. It was made as part of. Real a, quick, is Shane Dawson the dude that you? What is? What does he? What does he do? He's a. He's he's on the YouTube's Austin. He does YouTube. Well, yeah, yeah. Is he? Is he? What is like? What does he do though? I think is he the guy that, that like walks up behind people and is like, uh, like when they're buying toothpaste and he's like, and she reached for the toothpaste can, thinking to herself, "Was I gonna smear this all over my face?" No, and no, no. And then they're like, like, "Oh, you're that." You're that guy. No, no, he was, um, he, well, as far as I know, he kind of did, like, sketches, and he did a lot of vlogs, but he was kind of also, he had all of these kind of, like, crazy characters that all seemed to involve him wearing wigs and yelling a lot, um, and oh. I think at one point, like, he got brought up a lot on kind of, like, having very, playing very ethnic stereotype characters, and I think also, like, doing it in, like, brownface at times, and then getting, like... And he actually, like, oh. apologized, I think, a couple of years ago for having for having done that. So, And I think he's tried to rebrand himself a bit now, but this was kind of in the sort of towards the end of... I, I think, as far as I understand, I think this movie kind of made Shane Dawson a bit more self-aware. Because essentially what happened was... Mm-hmm. 
He was part of this um, show on... I can't remember if it was Showtime of Stars, but it was one of them. It was basically... It was produced by um, the guy who... One of the, the executive producer of Project Greenlight and also Zachary Quinto. And it was called The Chair. And the idea was that they had an indie script um, and they were going to give like... I think it was like 500000 or a million um, dollar budget to two filmmakers. They're going to give them the same script. And the idea was how are these two films going to turn out? You know, um, okay. And so the idea was that they wanted to uh, they want to get two people from very different backgrounds. So the idea was with Shane Dawson was we're going to try and connect to this kind of modern this this sort of modern form of media and see how this can translate into film. And then the other was a kind of more traditional, straightforward filmmaker who went to film school. She also happened to be. Uh, friends with the executive producer and married to one of the uh married to a friend of the producer so there was a little bit mm. of that i mean the show owned up to it but there was definitely a little bit of that as well um mm. but anyway so so the show it was kind of fascinating because essentially they got given this script that was kind of this indie drama about this guy who comes back to these people coming back to their hometown um like during the thanksgiving break and it's like they, they've just been away at like their first semester of college. And the idea was like how uh, like like it brings up all of these these uh, these feelings and shit. It's kind of like it's it's very like Sundancey indie kind of idea. And then Shane Dawson was like, OK, how can I take this and make this into like basically like a, 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 a gross out comedy? Um, hmm. So, I mean, like, essentially, um, the female director's name I've forgotten, she went off and kind of made a very earnest, in, I think she rewrote a lot of it, and then kind of made this very earnest indie film, which I have never actually watched. It's called um, mm. Holidayburg, I think, or something like that. Um, okay. a- and then um, Shane Dawson made Not Cool. So, and it's, it's interesting because you can see all the points where the film at one point was an indie drama, but just has all of this horrible, like really broad, loud humor just crowbarred into it at all times. And the thing is, like, mm-hmm. everything is constantly at 11. Like, everyone is just fucking yelling all the time and so it's like so right. and it's just like that moment so you you, you start out okay so we, we start out and and the lead actress is played by well the the lead character is played by an actress uh uh i don't know how to say her name actually uh sheremy lee um but uh she plays tori and so she's so it starts off with her at the airport, having just arrived home for the Thanksgiving holiday uh, from university. And the idea is like she was kind of a dork in high school and she's kind of gone off to college. She's found her people and she's very sarcastic and she doesn't she okay. she kind of she hates everything. That's her thing. Um, yeah, so, yeah. so she's like really, really sarcastic. And then and, and so literally the first two minutes of this film, you are like, holy shit. What the fuck am I going to have to watch for 90 minutes? Because literally what shows up is her parents show up and they are just screaming. Like, oh, my God. It's so great to see. It's so exciting. Everything's a, everything's a fucking like 11 volume. And then her her sister is blind because disabled people are funny. Um, and she's like, guess what? I just got a gay. 
Bitch. And then and then Tori like turns to the black homeless person because there will be a theme about uh, minority people in this. Uh, who uh, she goes like, do you want to switch lives? And he goes like, like uh, I'd rather eat my own shit, and I do. At which point you watch him eat his own shit. Um, and that's this is a kids movie. This is kids movies are very different than they were when <laughs> I was younger. This is a sign People of how this film People are getting fucking thrown into iPad factories and they're banging their teachers. So Dudes are eating shit. It's cool to mock homeless people and to make light of their plight. Um, now, it's interesting. Now here's, here's, here's where, like, but here's where some of the interesting mechanics issues of this kind of, like, show up in a really fast way. So Shane Dawson shows up. And Shane Dawson, I feel it is very clear from how he writes himself plays the character and everything is clearly has a bit of an ego because he's cast himself as the handsome, you know, sort of all cool jock guy who everybody loved. He was the prom king, all that sort of shit. And like, I mean, Shane Dawson's not like a bad looking dude, but you're kind of like the way people talk about him you kind of, in in this movie you're kind of like okay like and and you you're also remembering that he is one of the writers on this film he rewrote this film you're kind of like okay this is this is bordering on weird but um anyway he shows up and his girlfriend meets him who again screams knocks over people on the way to him drags him into a toilet stall where she proceeds to give him head, then sees that there is a glory hole in the toilet stall and says, oh my God, I've always wanted to try a glory hole. And like, then like sort of, I, I guess kind of like cartwheel, like does some gymnastic move over the top of the toilet stall so she can get down on the other side. At which point she starts crying and says that she's breaking up with him. Um, so that's a bunch of things. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm still caught up on this. Who are the people that subscribe to Shane Dawson's YouTube channel? Are they over the age of 18? Well, the thing that I remember when I watched the when I watched the kind of like the the, the and I'm the, not trying to be a prude. Like I don't no, give a fuck, I man. The, when I watched the chair, bang, get naked. I, I, we can say fuck in front of kids. When I, I don't really the chair, care. I'm just confused. When I watched the show The Chair, like, the thing was, when they premiered the movies, like, they had about, like, it, it seemed to be that they would do, like, these, he did these event screenings where he would be like, I'm going to, we're going to show the movie, and, I'll, and I'm going to be there in person. And, like, what seemed to show up was, like, 13, 14-year-old kids. So that seemed to be kind of, right. like, sort of young teenagers seemed to be his kind of target demographic. Um, yes, you know, that's but what I'm I was curious. like, I was like, into American Pie and sort of shit like that. So I mean, it's kind of like, in theory, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. It's just this is not doing it very well. But anyway, why the mechanics of this start to get really weird? You're, you're cool with like a bunch of 13 year olds going to see something where a chick is like, I want to do a glory hole. Well, okay, that's cool. Is that technically so much worse than a dude fucking a pie? Uh, well, see, the thing that was endearing about the dude fucking a pie, though, is that he was exploring sexuality, and he, like, he didn't know is any she better. Not, is this she not is exploring like very... sexuality with a glory hole? Well, but this is more, this is, I, I get it, man. I mean, I'm down. I'm down with the funky shit. But uh, the thing that's interesting is that it seems a little bit more, 
it's I it doesn't have that quirkiness like like first of all I, I do think it was a little younger to American I Pie s- that I think actually was diffused yeah. a lot of the issues with it even though now you're kind of like okay like secretly filming a girl and putting it on the internet is actually pretty fucking terrible but you know outside of oh, that it's super America, shitty yeah, yeah 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 it's super shitty but here's the other thing too though I don't know that 13 year olds were into American Pie oh, was, based on some sort of intellectual property it was like for me at least it was like 16 17 i remember sneaking into american pie but i was like 16 17 yeah, well, i'm a little bit younger I was, than you so i, I saw american 16. pie when i was like 13 and i was like yeah and you know and this is this is back before i was i'm old enough that this was kind of back before people looked at look just looked up boobs on the internet so this was like right this, exactly this was like I this feel was like opportunity to post- see some boobs yeah, that, that's it. That's it. I think that there was an innocence. It was kind of like there was an innocence about American Pie that I don't feel like cuts through in, in these films. This they, is, they seem to be like post – there's a, like a nihil – there's like a darkness. There, that there is a kind of weird nihilistic this. streak to this movie. Um, but yeah. anyway, but here's, here's where it gets weird. OK, so basically – so she's crying that she wants to break up with him and so they break up and he's very upset about this even though everything that's been introduced about this character is that she is literally the worst most obnoxious most horrible human being that nobody would want to spend 30 seconds around and here's the problem okay so you've still got this structure and mechanics from this indie movie so in theory this character should be somebody who he's like in love with and is endearing to but shane dawson always goes for the cheap joke. So everybody is just obnoxiously horrible because he just wants that immediacy of kind of things are loud and crazy shit is happening and it's stupid and weird and disgusting. And, and, and it's, but it's, it completely works against any internal plot mechanics, which are trying to, uh, create any kind of setup and payoff for the characters. So he then spends the rest of the movies kind of pining after this girl who all we've ever seen about her is that she is literally the worst human being in the world. Because that's obviously not how she was written. She's just been rewritten to be the cheap, to be a, a, a cheap joke. Um, but anyway, continuing on, because God knows we're only like five minutes into this movie. Um, so anyway, what happens is uh, like... Um, like, uh, Tori ends up, um, uh, going to this party where she gets thrown up on and, uh, like generally her whole disposition is, I hate everything. This is awful. Why am I here? Um, she's got a sa- she's got a sassy gay black friend who gives her advice because it's what all, all American white women need. They need a sassy black man to tell them what to do. <laughs> um, of course. Uh, so anyway, um, as she's driving home from this party, she hits Shane Dawson by accident. Um, at which point uh, he then gets in the car and they have like and he's like, oh, remember, we went to high school together. And he's like, no, I don't remember because I was too busy being the prom king. and So handsome. Ah, I'm yes. so beautiful. Nerd. And then she she you nerd. she makes sure to point out that she's like and he's he's kind of she's she, and, and it's this, this is this is literally kind of how the line exchange goes. She goes like goes like, I mean, you know, you're not that great. I mean, yeah, would I have sex with you? Of course. But, you know, I, you know, she's like, he's like, what, you'd have sex with me? And she's like, oh my God, you know you're attractive. And I'm just like, yes, Shane Dawson, tell us in your writing how attractive you are. <laughs> at, at, right, right. at which point she um, proceeds to have sex with him in the car, even though she's supposed to be covered in vomit. Um, and um, Whatever, man, when it's time to bang, you fucking work through that shit. Okay, and then, you don't let shit stop you like that. And then, I mean, it's kind of like it's it's kind of your generic, 
I, I feel like I've with what I've set up here, you can get the blaze basic plot mechanics of what's going on. Uh, Shane Dawson has a sister who looks absolutely nothing like him, who they have a dad. He has a vinyl record store, which apparently is doing really, really well, but he's decided to sell it and move to Florida. They're very upset about this because, because they have a dead mother who, like, it was important to her or something. I forget. There's something about a dead mother in there because like that. Okay. Because that's, that's character building. Backstory. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's also this other guy who's like a, who also I assume is a YouTuber because it's just my go-to thing right now. If I don't know who someone is, I just assume <laughs> they're on YouTube. <laughs> but he's clearly somebody who Shane Dawson thinks is really, really funny. So he's just basically anytime he's in a scene, he's basically just allowed to vamp as much as he wants. And, you know, I'm a a little bit sympathetic to a certain extent because, you know, we made a film, Austin, called Let's Have a Threesome, which was a lot about just like people vamping in front of the camera. And I edited it together in a way. And, you know, as a 10 minute film, it's quite funny. If I tried to make that into a 90 minute film, I think it would be insufferable. So it's kind of like. Right. Choose your medium is what I would say. Um, because yes. also the other thing, because again, we keep getting all of these indie things about Shane Dawson's got like this kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm dealing with like emotions and, and life changing things. And he's his thing is like because he was so cool in high school. And now he's gone up, over to college and, you know, now he just sits alone in his room and he doesn't feel like he's got any friends and he feels so alone because like he's not like the cool guy. He just wishes he could go back to high school. Um, so, but, so we get all that, but then we also get Shane Dawson in like a wig playing one of like the mean girls where like every line is again, just screamed at the camera. Um, and it's okay. like, it's like, like, it's a joke. Can you tell it's a joke? I'm yelling it. So it's funny. Um, and then also there's like all right. of this humor, which then starts to feel really fucking uncomfortable. Like there's a bit later where Shane Dawson is like, so like. So anyway, he, him and uh, well, this fence first. Him, him and Tori, they hang out a whole bunch, and they have like, we're getting to know each other montage, and it's probably the least insufferable part of the movie, where you're kind of like, because I, I think the actress who's playing Tori is actually not bad. I think she's actually quite likable as a screen screen presence, and I could see her being quite good in something else, and she's she's doing her best. Um, and then and and like in those points where Shane Dawson is trying to play Ernest, he's actually OK. He's not like I think like when he allows himself to just be natural, he's not quite as bad. And there is right one joke in it that I laughed really hard at for my sins. So there's like a bit where they're like because she's like daring him to do all of these things. And there's one bit where it's like he's got to like shoplift something. They got to find the biggest thing they can shoplift. So they put. Uh, they decided to shoplift a watermelon. So she pretends to be pregnant and she like, um, and as, uh, she, um, as they're about to leave, she trips and falls flat on her stomach and just all of this sort of watermelon, like guts just come spilling out the back of her. And, uh, so it looks like obviously like her, ba- her ba- baby's flattened and she's just given herself an abortion. And I, I actually, I, and that amniotic fluid just goes yeah, everywhere. I, I found that quite funny. Actually. I thought, I thought it was quite a, I thought it was quite a funny sight gag. So there, there you go for my sins. I did laugh very hard at one point in this. Movie. And I like, I like the fact that the joke that you laugh at is about, um, killing a baby. Yeah, that's, it's, 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 it's or is it a fetus at this point? Listen, I'm not going to judge, okay? I'm not a scientist. Uh, 
woman's right to choose. Yes. We, we, all, we all agree with a woman's right to abort her watermelon baby. Um, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so, so yeah, so, okay, so they've, they've got a burgeoning relationship because they had sex the one time on a whim, but now they're just being friends, but ooh, might they actually have something more? Um, but then Shane Dawson's, uh, crazy, crazy ex-girlfriend who he's been pining after, she basically, I think what you could say is rapes him, essentially, um... And the movie, it's not like the movie tries to get around that because they then have a joke where um, she, where he goes, she practically raped me. And then the uh, guy who's running the party, who also is Indian and speaks in a Apuish accent, shall we say, um, he then goes to a board which says, um, uh, you know, number of rapes at the party and he scrubs out zero and puts one. So, yeah. Yep. Comedy. Yeah, yeah. I saw that in the video and... <sighs> I can't even imagine who would have thought that that would be relatively okay to put that in the video. Now, I get it because it's a, a guy being raped, so they're trying to be like, oh, it's funny because man rape is funny, whereas female rape is not funny. Regardless of that, which is wrong, but regardless of that, like even if you have a board in your house that's supposed to signify how many rapes are at the party, even if it says zero – the fact that you're playing on this idea that is a clearly a serious issue, uh, I don't understand how that could even pass some sort of screening. Like, if you're trying to protect a YouTube property, then Shane Dawson is a YouTube property. How does an agent or a producer not go, hey guys, that's not smart, motherfuckers. Like, you can't be that tone deaf. Well, it's also just like, it's a weird one, too, because essentially... I mean, the whole movie just feels so mean. That's the thing. Like, it's like, it's like, okay, so it's like, so the sister's blind, so we're having laugh at that. Like, the, the, the grandmother's mentally ill, um, and then it's funny because she keeps saying all sorts of crazy nonsense, and then... The homeless dude eats shit, the homeless and that's dude funny because homeless people suck. Yeah, he's, he's also, like, one of only, like three black characters in the whole thing. Um, one's homeless, one's the sassy black gay guy, and one's, like a dude who high fives somebody out of this one of Shane Dawson's crazy characters after she talks about taking a giant dump. Um, and then, yeah, it's just kind of like, and there was this really weird bit that I remember, um, from the chair. Cause obviously the, the, the weird thing while watching this movie is I have insight into the production of this film because I watched this program. So, uh, there's this whole bit in it where essentially they're on this, um, uh, you know, one of those like sort of um, tram things that goes up a hill. Um, the, so they yeah. they're on that. And it's and so they have this point where they're going to moon the city. It's in Pittsburgh and they're going to moon Pittsburgh. And uh, so you go from one butt to the next and then suddenly you go over to and it's a black dick against the glass. And I remember from the show, the I remember from the show, the, the thing was that essentially the actor playing the homeless guy was like, no, nah, I'm not showing my dick. So. They couldn't find a single person in all of Pittsburgh who was, like, just happy to be... Yeah, I'm happy to just be the black dick that you put into the movie for humor. So then they had to go to L.A. with the, shoot it on a green screen in order to recruit the black penis that was going to be shoved up on the glass for the purpose of comedy. Because it's funny because it's a black dick. So, Right, right. If it were a white dick, it wouldn't be funny. But because, you know... 
because black dicks are bigger than white dicks, and we like to play on the fact that black bodies are just simply objects that are there for our humor, so that's why it's funny. Yes. I get it. Good job, guys. Good job. This 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 film's on point, man. Yeah, this so, film's so woke. And so, so hashtag woke. And then also, you have this whole B plot line all the way through of like the dude who I was talking about, who's like the guy who Shane Dawson clearly thinks is hilarious, and he he's wanting to he really wants to sleep with Shane Dawson's sister, um, but like in an endearing way. Um, and in that way where he's like, Hey, you've got that big test. I'll help you study. And then he's like, Oh, I'm good. I've rented a limo and we're going to, uh, go and I'll take you out on a date. And she's like, no, I wanted to study. And he's like, Oh, but I'm going to take you on your perfect date and it's going to be super romantic. And you know, Austin, this film is really actually very progressive because she's like, you know what? It's a really, it's been a really lovely evening, but that doesn't change the fact that that's not how I feel about you. So what she does instead is she goes and hooks him up with her drunk friends. And, uh, he has like a gang bang with her drunk friends. So yeah. Hey so man, at least at least they're sex. One positive. of them is played by Shane Dawson, so it's like it's like so it's it's like Shane Dawson in a wig, making out with this guy, and you're just kind of like, I I don't get this. I don't, I don't understand what's happening. I did that. That was that. That was it. Like I was like I was like. There's so many layers of weird shit going on here that I can't even begin to like. This just makes me angry at Shane Dawson. I feel like if I ever hear his name again, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, that's that guy that makes terrible movies and has a shitty YouTube channel, even though I've never seen anything. But, but his done. big thing, like the thing with Shane Dawson is like he at this point, he had like this very like signature haircut. It was like this kind of Justin Bieber sweep thing. And then like okay. his whole thing is like, oh, like I really I really did something for this film because like the climax is like him proving to Tori that he really loves and cares about her by 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 shaving by being willing to shave his head because it was like one of her dares it was like the only dare he refused to do and then he's like actually oh. I don't care I care about you more than I care about my hair um and he so shaves his hair like he actually shaves his hair yeah he actually Live? shaved his head like in the film he actually shaved his head and so that hey was, man you know Christian Bale loses weight was, uh for the machinist Leonardo DiCaprio eats fucking raw bison, bison and crawls through the snow. Charlize Theron puts on weight. Shane Dawson cuts that fringe, yeah, man. He he was he's willing to go there. Um, I get it, man. If you but, want the accolades as a serious actor, you got to do the physical transformation so, and make yourself uncomfortable. And it's also like it's also like one of these films too, like because all of these have these two where they're kind of like so they're YouTubers and like the kids are like into like the, the the phones and the internet and the tweeting. So we need lots of people tweeting and looking at videos and doing like like we need emojis popping up all the time. That sort of thing where it's like you know so yeah. like the the opening like uh the opening shot is this kind of like one take thing where it's like all the people at the party and what they're tweeting each other and stuff like that. And you're just kind of like, again, it just feels kind of like, it's like, Hey, we're, we're down with you kids. We know what you're into. You're in the, you're into the tweets and the, the, the twittering. You're like, you love that shit. You want to take a, a photo and hashtag it. That's what the millennials like. So, uh, yeah, and, and I'm angry. So, I was really trying to find this scene for you, and it was it was hard for it was, I, and I couldn't I couldn't do it in the end. It was very frustrating. But there is one of the most amazing scenes in episode nine of the chair because Zachary Quinto is the executive producer on the show, and they screen the rough cut of this for him, and Zachary oh, no. Quinto then proceeds for about 
10 minutes. Well, I, 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 it could have been longer. I don't know. It, it feels like 10 minutes in the show. For all I know, it was cobbled together over hours of footage. But he proceeds to berate the producers for what the fuck were you thinking? How did you let this happen? I'm embarrassed to be involved in this. I want my name taken off of this fucking film because it's disgusting. And Wow. And so he just... Refi- and And... Like, so the whole gimmick of the show, too, was that um, they were doing an online poll for, like, who would win. Because there was, like, a there was like a prize at the end of it. I think there was, like, a, 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 like a $500,000 prize or something, like, for, to, the, to the filmmaker who got the most votes. And Zachary Quinto actively campaigned against Not Cool, like, saying, don't vote for it. It's a piece of shit. Vote for this other one because it's actually like a real movie and there's, she's a yeah. proper filmmaker, you know. So so around this time, you had this publicity of the executive producer of the show coming out and saying <laughs> that he was appalled by one of the by one of the contestants on the show. It was like, well, good. I fucking like that. That makes me at least feel like there's some fucking some ethics in Hollywood because it sounds like like beyond the fact that at the level of of storycraft that there's nothing there and beyond the fact that I think that that this type of just spoon feeding people back the objects of their desires to try to to placate some level of satisfaction uh, that I that I find I find that highly problematic at a at a humanistic level and at a social level beyond that it also just seems like this movie's really offensive that the actual content of the film is quite difficult and problematic it's a hard one too there, there's like, really nothing like here's a, here's what i was thinking so and i don't want to make this sound like a generational thing like i'm old and we need to go back to the days of stone tablets or oral traditions where stories actually meant something for our culture can we get the can but, we get our stone tablets manufactured by five percent of the children of america <laughs> <laughs> yeah get them some fucking hammer and chisel and whatever man at least that makes sense why you'd need more labor power because that's at least hard manual exactly. work um but fuck, in an age of like digital reproduction and machinery, I mean, how many, how much manpower do you actually need? Um, anyway, so the thing that I was thinking the entire time in all three of these is these films seem to be replete with drama, but no narrative. Yeah. And the thing is, our stories that we have told ourselves as humans, great literature, good films, the things that you gravitate to particularly so much that sometimes gets you frustrated with some of the more avant-garde films that I find interesting, is that you love narrative. You want drama through story. It seems like these uh, YouTube properties are the drama of YouTube, the heightened peaks of dramatic human expression, you know, jokes, funny faces, screaming, the, the dramatic flows, if you will, the ups and the downs, but there's no narrative there, which means there's no substance, which means there's no way of actually trying to reason or articulate how we understand these emotional and dramatic swings, which seems to be a very strange type of human uh, humanism. It's It's... It's a humanism that is just simply about the peaks and flows of particular types of emotion and playing with dopamine rushes like you've talked about uh, in these like Star Wars films that just feed you back the Easter eggs. And I think that drama without narrative isn't necessarily good. Drama through narrative is is human. I mean everything we do, like the tone, like even right now this frustrated high-pitched tone that I have in articulating infuses a particular level of drama that attaches to the words that I'm actually saying. Whatever, man, that's fucking human. But if you just have drama without narrative, without reason attached to it, without some sort of mythos or mythology that that you're trying that's being articulated 
in the drama or alongside or that's constituting the drama. I'm not sure that that's that that's really a good thing. Well, I, th- I suppose the thing that's, that's interesting to me on a purely kind of like format level is that to me it really shows how um, the difference in the two mediums and how people don't try conflate the two in a wrong way. They think it's a visual format. You mean YouTube and YouTube and film? Yeah, they, they think it's a visual format. Um, it's some kind of basic storytelling, and it's it's about getting a certain reaction. So you're kind of like, okay, so fits in. They can do it for 90 minutes over comedy, but what is sustainable over a three or four minute format is not sustainable over a 90 minute because in theory in that three minutes it's a contained world so you could you can kill somebody off in three minutes and it doesn't matter if it's a big ridiculous thing because it's just about a visceral experience so it's like all you're doing is you're just trying to get a laugh doesn't matter what you know it's it's a simple setup payoff and so it's kind of like it doesn't matter if that ending is illogical it doesn't matter if those characters have any real depth or if they grow or change because it's just supposed to fit into the immediate and actually the thing that's really interesting i thought about the shane dawson one is it shows exactly how he doesn't understand this because his point is at all point he's thinking about the immediacy he's thinking he's looking at this scene and going how is this how can i crank this scene up to the point where it'll be getting laughs but he's not right. at any point thinking like, OK, how does this undermine things that are going to happen like five minutes later? How when I get to the climax, how is this going to how is any of this going to mean anything once the, the, the audience has been through, uh, you know, 90 minutes of complete loud gibberish? Yeah, and maybe maybe this is us sort of witnessing a shift in the way that we tell stories, which is going to be really interesting if. Because YouTube has become, you know, a common everyday experience for, I think, so many people, right? Like, I watch YouTube every day, probably, you know, of something. Now, I'm not subscribing to a lot of these YouTube channels, but I'm on YouTube pretty much every day, right? I mean, obviously, that's a little bit of exaggeration every day, But every day. I'd say about every day. Every day, bro. So, like, every day. Are you an every day, bro? I I mean, I'd say I'm an every day, bro. And every day I'm on YouTube at some point. Um... And you don't get the reference I'm making, do you? This is low. This is a Paul. Yes. Logan OK, good, thing. good. Yeah, I didn't feel you were acknowledging it. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to blow past it because fuck that. Guy. I need my dopamine um, rushes of kind of like you acknowledging my terrible jokes, Austin. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, but like I feel I feel like we might be witnessing a shift in the way that that humans tell stories. And I wonder if 20 years from now, 50 years from now, if this is going to be a sort of normal way that we experience narrative and storytelling and drama and how that will I mean, there will obviously this doesn't mean that there won't be films that are kind of more according to like the Aristotelian three act structure and Sidfield and shit like that. Of course, they, there's we're still going to have narrative in that way. It, that's been a part of human civilization forever. But uh, it isn't either or. It's also a sense in which thinking that the way that oral storytelling used to be about like telling the religious or the mythical or the sort of um, genealogical tale of, of of a people group. Similarly, I wonder if this is going to shift it to the way that we kind of tell our stories through these peaks and valleys of dopamine and pleasure and and manufactured drama. It'll be really interesting. And I wonder if we're like in the middle of seeing this new emergent phenomenon that's becoming more dominant or that's becoming dominant. Well, and I, I suppose like the interesting thing too is if you look at say like something like um, 
you compare something like the Smosh movie to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I mean, part of the part of what happens there is that you've created two endearing characters that have sort of you, you create genuine stakes for them. You create you have two endearing characters and you you have a chemistry with them. And, you know, at the same time, you also provide a very simple and straightforward cause and effect kind of, uh, you know, plot that can has some kind of dramatic payoff at the end, you know, so it's and it's the best time travel movie ever made. So sure. Why not? Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, and it's, these don't seek to do that. They think, seek to simply say, no. uh, capitalize off of, um, recognizable people who they hope, you know, and that's the thing right. is all these movies are made cheap as well. So it's clearly like they don't have enough faith in them to really invest in them. It's clearly a small profit that they're hoping to get out of it. And I, I, I think there's something very, very cheap and cynical about them, which is the, which is what's kind of disturbing at the same time. It's super cynical. It, it, it's cynical, and I, and I know I've said this word a couple of times, but I really do think there's a nihilism mm. in this that, uh, that is quite interesting. Um, and it is a sort of, without getting too like lefty here, but there is like a sort of capitalist nihilism that it's just simply about capitalizing on a piece of intellectual property, which. I'm not sure is the best way to make art, and I'm not sure it's the best way because because art is always manipulative, right? Art art is going to manipulate audiences' feelings, and I'm not sure that when we're manipulating audiences in this way, simply in the service of capital, I'm not sure that it does anything other than deepen our entrenchment in a system of exploitation. And that's what it seems like these films are. They seem really exploitative. When, and, and the odd thing about it, too, is that you just kind of sit there and you go like it's that it's that thing of you also kind of weirdly feel like it's it's completely counterproductive to the people in it because they're not they're not suited to the format and if anything it just you know they they don't have the audience that's actually going to go see or care about them. I mean the interesting thing about the Shane Dawson thing is so they had so the the climax of the chair was they both try to the, the the last episode is about them trying to put these films out get them some kind of distribution you know get them some kind of audience and Shane Dawson's film was more successful, but the only reason it had any success was because people would only go to it basically if he would like do it as a personal appearance. If he showed up, like his fans would show up to watch the movie, but they weren't going to see the movie. They were going to see him, you know? Right. And so, and, and the big thing was that basically Shane Dawson won the competition because his fans kind of, um, uh, essentially, um, just loaded, um, the voting and just kind of kept. That's what I figured was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, it's kind of like it, it, it was kind of one of the problems with the show is kind of at the end of it, everyone kind of felt like it was kind of a damp squib who actually won it because it was kind of like, well, mm. didn't really have anything to do with audiences actually saying what they liked or who made the better film. It was just kind of simply came down to, uh, you know, sort of people on the internet. I mean, that was it. You know, uh, the woman who, again, I've forgotten her name. She made a sort of straightforward traditional film. And I mean, I have to say it looked bland as fuck, you know? Um, it looked like you're kind of like really boring Sundancey fair where, you know, everyone, uh, you know, critics go to it and go like, well, I guess, yeah, that makes sense. It was in Sundance. wasn't very good. And then shows up on video on demand, you know, later. Um, right. But it was, you know... But it was, it was, but you know, she, she doesn't, she doesn't internet, if you will. Shane Dawson internets, she doesn't. So mm. it was kind of that thing of like, then, you know, so the person with the internet 
fan base was the one who ended up winning. It's it, it felt like a very cheap way for the show to kind of like end in, especially when the way they introduced the show was, I think there was a very earnest idea behind it was this idea of the exploration of artistic of the artistic medium of this idea of um, how you can give two filmmakers the same script and, and, and you see, the power of creativity and how it changes in terms of like, cause I mean, um, the guy who produced it, he was essentially saying how like at one point, cause he produced Goodwill Hunting, how, you know, at one point, you know, this director was attached and this director was attached. And it was like, Michael Mann was apparently attached to it at one point, but dropped out cause he said, um, because basically he didn't think Matt Damon was a good enough actor. And, uh, Matt Damon was attached to the script cause they wrote it. And that was part of the deal of the, the distribution deal. They got, they got with it. The, the studio deal they got with it was that he could, he could star in it. Um, so it's, so his kind of thing was like it's fascinating the idea that you, you two two filmmakers will have a different thing, but I think because they had this idea that okay if we if we tap this YouTuber as um, as one of the subjects it means that we have this built in young audience that'll be interested in the show and it'll be a great way to promote the show and I think it's like that thing of you know you dance with the devil you get burned, yeah. So yeah. anyway, well, all of these films are that bad. Shit. I will, I will, I will say every single. Uh, they're all bad, yeah. and some of them aren't even fun. Bad, like I will say, I don't think I ever experienced any of the pain I did while watching the Ridiculous Six. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was mostly it was. It That's was, probably uh, because the goalposts were moved a little closer. Like yeah. your expectations were probably pretty fucking low. Yeah, they were. It was mostly just. It was actually mostly dull. I'll say that much. I think like. Yeah. I think it was. It it was definitely less painful than the last punishment. Okay. Okay. So well, I have I have a feeling that uh, as we reveal what we're doing for the next one, I have a feeling that I've already sabotaged myself. But I had to go with my heart. This is where, as we said at the beginning of the show, we reveal who our bromance guys that we are doing. For our next versus episode, so Austin will, is picking one bro, one actor. I'm picking the other, and three of their films are gonna go up against each other. Now, Austin, I've decided to put one rule on the films that we're picking. Oh no! Okay. They have you have to pick at least one film that is under fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like the other two films, you can have you can pick whatever you want, but at least one of your choices has to be a film that's under fifty percent. Oh shit! Okay. Oh shit! Okay. All right. I have my three fil- films oh, well, picked out we too, were, man. Was, we were going we even... to announce that we're going to announce the films on a weekly basis. We're not going to do all three. We're not going to announce all three of them now. Okay, I was going to say too because I picked I picked three and I even picked one intentionally that wasn't like a, his one of his better films. But uh, okay, I see where you're at now, yeah. and I don't know if this one is under fifty percent. I think it's still above fifty percent, so I have to. So I mean, have to I, in theory, it. you can be strategic and decide that um, you are that uh, if you if you feel you need to bring out the big guns, you could change your, your film choice at the last minute. We won't know until the week before which film which films we're picking. But okay, Austin. Deal. So deal, deal. First off, I think I know the answer to this. But who are you picking? You think you know the answer? I think I know the I answer. I don't think you do know the. I don't think you do know the answer. The interesting thing is your girlfriend actually played a part in this. Really? Uh, this week, uh, by posting something on on Facebook that uh, I was toying. I almost picked Val Kilmer. Yeah, I thought uh, you were going to pick Val Kilmer. But then we already watched. We already watched Willow. Uh, and the other beyond that, I was like, how can I take out my favorite Val Kilmer film? Well, also, plus we also saw Top Gun. Yeah. yeah so I'm like, fuck, like. 
So what am I gonna do? Kiss, kiss, bang, bang, salt and sea and Wonderland? Like, come on, man. Like, fuck, I, I can't go down that route. You could have done uh, real genius. I, I, dude, I would have. I honestly thought about it. I'm not even kidding, bro. A real genius is like, I fucking love that I movie like so Secret. much. So I almost did. I almost did. But, and I love me some Val. I love me some Val. But I decided to go with Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds? Okay. Yeah, who who I really do. I really do. That love feels that like man. a very I would to- mainstream I would totally, pick for you. I would totally be his bottom. <laughs> <laughs> well, Austin, it's no. Did you think I was going with Val? I thought you were going with Val. There was the, I, I had no question in my mind you were going for Val. I see. No, the only reason I didn't is because two of the films that I would have mm. wanted to see, and like. I, what am I going to do? Ghost in the Darkness? Island of Dr. Moreau? I, I mean, come I, on, I man. do feel like Ryan Reynolds doesn't have a particularly deep bench, bro. That's what I'm saying, dude. He doesn't. But I'm, I'm really happy with, uh, with, with, my, with my two good film choices. Okay. Um, already, I think I have an idea of what the bad one might be. But anyway, we'll, 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 get, to that, we'll get to that another time. Anyway, uh, I think it's quite obvious who I'm going to pick. The man who... One day I hope will adopt me and become my <laughs> <laughs> become my 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 new father. Uh, that man is uh, the legendary mustache wearer, Kurt Russell. I mean, I had to go with <laughs> Kurt Russell. I couldn't not do Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. So are we doing? We're doing our first one next week. So we're then. gonna do our first one next week. So I think it is time. See, here's the thing. Uh, here's the film that I was gonna do, but now I can't do because it's still above a fifty percent. I was gonna do definitely maybe, which I really like. Mm. But that's above fifty percent, so mm. I can't do definitely maybe because I think it's like sixty something percent, or almost seventy, maybe even seventy something percent. Mm-hmm. Critics actually kind of were like, "Yeah, hey, this is a charming movie." It's okay. It's fine. Yeah, it's okay. Really, I love it. Mm-hmm. Abigail Breslin and Ryan Reynolds are fucking adorable together. Well, you know me. I like a I like a romantic comedy. Yeah, man. But okay. But I'm gonna scratch that one off because I got two strong picks. Well, you only need to reveal one. All right. Um, do you have your first pick for next week? I'm still. I'm still kind of actually decide. I'm. Oh God. I'm actually like weirdly. I'm like still kind of deciding a little bit what i want it to okay, be okay i'll tell you mine okay. i'll tell you mine yeah go for it i don't know if you saw this movie but it's actually i think really fucking solid it's ryan reynolds and ben mendelson as fucking gamblers mississippi grind i've been meaning to watch that movie for i think i even watched like the first five minutes of it one time on amazon i have been meaning to watch that for a long time so dude it's good, bro. I'm, 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 I'm intrigued. Not, yeah, no, I'm, I'm. I'm not even fucking around. It's really good. <laughs> I'm. I am down to watch that. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I'm already gonna go ahead and burn my uh, my my under fifty percent movie. Okay. Um, this is a film that um I think went through like three directors over the course of it. Uh, it was, okay. it was the meeting, it was the meeting of two great icons of the action movie era. Um, and it is a film about a man called Tango and a man called Cash who have to come together. I've, ne- I've never seen, I've never seen to Tango fight and Cash. Crime. Is this, it's Sylvester Stallone and uh, Kurt Russell, right? <laughs> and Terry, Terry <laughs> Hatcher plays it. Sylvester Stallone's sister in it. 
And I tell you what. Listen. I, I tell you what, Kurt Russell's heritage never... is glorious. Is it? Well, you know, it wouldn't be Fuck fun man. if I didn't do some deep cuts on this, honestly. It's like, it's like, what's the point yeah. of a bromance if you're just going to go with the obvious ones? Like, why not, like, go for some deep, slightly deeper cuts? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, I for a minute when I was thinking about Val Kilmer, I was like, well, we already did Tombstone, too. So I'm like, well, yeah, I but I thought Tombstone. about it. I was like, if you're doing Kurt. If you're doing Kurt Russell and I was doing Val Kilmer, then we would just like watch Tombstone and we would draw. I mean, I don't. Or who would we argue? Or would we argue about who was better in the movie? Well, technically, you know? Kurt Russell's like, the lead of that it. film, so technically, I think I'd win. Yeah, but fucking Doc Holliday—that's an iconic character. See, at the, but we already He's did it. This is why I couldn't Austin. go with Val. But I know that's right. But this is why I couldn't go with Val. I had to go elsewhere because that's three of the films that I would have picked for Val. I'm I'm curious where you go with Ryan Rollins because, like I said, he's not got a deep bench. So I'm 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 interested where you go with this. Well, see, Mississippi Grind was a surprise for that you. Was, you probably yes, didn't, I even didn't think I was going. I with. forgot that film existed. So yes, it was a surprise. So don't you worry, brother. I got a strategy. And, and I, I will say I will say one thing. I'm, I'm spoiler. Uh, I'm not going to pick Overboard. I appreciate that. That's the Goldie Hawn one. Yes. That's the, that's the one. Yeah. Is that the one where she like loses her memory? Yeah, she's like she a rich woman like a who falls off a boat or something. And she like then uh, he then like pretends to be her husband and makes her like clean, look after yeah. his kids and clean his house because she that's was really right. mean to him. <laughs> that's right. What about Big Trouble in Little China? We'll see. We'll route? see. But that was the thing is like Big Trouble in Little China. It seemed too obvious. And I mean, as much as I'm a giant John Carpenter fan and I love Big Trouble in Little China. Part of me feels like this is um, – I was I, re- I almost went with Captain Ron. That is how deep I almost went. I almost oh picked Captain God, dude, Ron. I love, I love Captain Ron. Oh, my <laughs> God. I haven't Captain seen Ron that anyway. since I was a kid. Oh, my God. That reminds me of my mom. He's I haven't so seen Captain Ron in Captain so Ron. long. <laughs> it's got Martin Short in it as – Oh my god! See, this is this is where it's like so... my my true like geekdom and weirdness about how much I love Kurt Russell will truly will truly oh, come out. All right, so okay, so Tango and Cash versus Mississippi Grind for yes, next week. Two two films that could not have any less in common. Yeah, I well we'll see. That sounds good to me. Oh, yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> Join us next week for that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, check us out on idigthismovie.com where you can find our back catalog. You can check out my work at kirsiewit.com. Uh, you can check out my work at uh, – you can also catch me on Instagram at uh, Breaking Point Flicks. Um, Austin? Yeah, hit me up on Twitter, Austin underscore Hayden. I do podcasting shit, and I'm producing a movie, and all that shit's in my bio on Twitter. And, and I would seriously advise – Nobody go out and watch these movies. Probably listening to us describe them is far more enjoyment than you'll ever get from actually from the actual experience of watching them. Yeah, he's not referring to Tango and Cash and Mississippi Grind, by the way. He's talking about the YouTube videos. Definitely yes. watch Tango and oh, Cash. Oh yeah, and no, no, Mississippi definitely Grind watch Mississippi Grind and Tango and Cash, especially Tango and Cash, because no, especially it's <laughs> an underrated, it's an underrated piece of, this an underrated jewel right there, <laughs> Tango and Cash. <laughs> uh. All right, everybody, peace.